Well, I want to welcome everybody here this morning. Uh, you know, I don't know about y'all, but I thought this morning that those songs were very, very appropriate for what is going on in our time. That was that one of the songs that we sang, I Won't Worry Anymore. When my sister passed away, they asked me if I would pick out a couple songs for her memorial. That was one of the songs that I picked out. Because there is so much truth in that song that once we come into the presence of God, we'll never have to worry anymore. And the family really made some comments on that, saying, I never heard that song before. Where did it come from? But even, and I hate, you know, I hate to say it, but even a number of my family, you know, they don't know God. Still working on it, but they don't know God. And I think that song right there spoke many words to them. It touched some of their hearts. And uh, that's what music does. Music is to prepare the heart for the message that God is to bring. It softens us. Sometimes that, it, that music just softens an old hard heart. You come in. You're tired, you worked all week, and you just, well, gosh, I hope this isn't very long. I, I, I've got things I need to do. But when you sit down, you relax, and that music starts to play, and those words start to flow through your mind, and you think about those words, you get a whole new outlook on your worship. You get a whole new outlook on God. Actually, that's God speaking to your heart, preparing your heart for what is to come. And that's what we all need to do. When we come to church, we need to be prepared. I hope when you come to church, I hope you're expecting to get something. I hope you're expecting to receive. Because if you're not expecting to receive it, chances are you're not going to receive it. Come with that anticipation of, I'm going to receive what God has for me today. And many of us, we don't come with that expectation. We come, well, like I said a while ago, I hope this is not going to be very long. I hope it's going to be short. i got things I need to do. What you need to do is see if God is speaking to you. See if God's got a word for you. Many times people come into a church and they've got this attitude that, well, I don't know, I don't know, you know, I hope this isn't very long. God's got a message for you. You need to open up your heart, open up your mind, receive what God is saying to you. You'll know it's for you. I've had people come to me. Matter of fact, I did a service one time, and I was, I was so disappointed. I mean, to me, it was like, I apologize to God. I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I just didn't, it just didn't seem like it flowed right. I walked out of that, down the hall, going to go to my office. Had a lady come up to me, had tears just rolling down her face. She says, you don't know this. But those exact words you spoke is something I needed desperately to hear today. Sometimes a message isn't for a whole church. Sometimes God's got somebody that he wants to speak to. If you'll open up your heart, let him talk to you. Let him talk to you. He wants to visit with you. He wants that time of fellowship. Wednesday, I did, a, I did a Spotify up here, and I, I entitled When You Search for God with All Your Heart. And I think I'm going to hold on to that for a little while, and I think one Sunday morning I'm going to preach that. 
Because it says so much. When you search for God with all of your heart, he says, you shall find me. Some of us are still looking for God because we haven't searched for him with our whole heart. That's what he's waiting for. But anyway, I want to, uh, Tommy mentioned something to me there. This morning we forgot to mention, y'all, all of you know, last Tuesday was Jimmy Mitchell's funeral. Jimmy passed and went home. He was in a car wreck. He was hit from behind by a vehicle doing better than 100 miles an hour. Jimmy and his father both lost their life. And Jimmy's funeral was Tuesday. I think that there next to Renee's was probably one of the hardest funerals I had to do. I mean, it's that when you love somebody and you care about them, they're special to you. And you want to make things special for that family, for the loved ones, and for the friends. I probably had very, very little sleep during the whole time that I was preparing Jimmy's message. Just simply, I guess you get to that point where you say, God, this is all I can come up with. I need you to finish it out. And all of a sudden, it seemed like things just started flowing. God says, I got your back. That's about what God was saying. And he's saying that to all of us. Hey, when you go through things, I've got your back. I'm watching over you. Matter of fact, my sermon today, I've entitled it here, Give Your Battles to God. The battle belongs to God. Many times we're going through a lot of things in our life and we're battle after battle after battle. Matter of fact, why do we have all these battles? Simply because we got an enemy out there that is bringing these battles to you. In the book of Revelations, chapter 12, and I don't remember which verse it is. It's either 12, 13, or 14 right in there. But, it, but God's given the earth warnings. He, he says, woe. The devil has come down to the earth. He is going to wreak havoc, anger upon this earth because he knows he has but a short time. Satan knows his time is very short. He's going to do all the damage he can possibly do to God's people. And God is already warning us. He's told us in Revelation, beware, woe, I'm warning you now. He has fallen to earth whenever there was a war in heaven and God's angels kicked him out of heaven and he came to earth. God warned the earth. Woe! There's going to be great turmoil. There's going to be great trouble. There's going to be great problems because he is so angry and he knows he has but a short time. So, a lot of this stuff we're going through, we know that it's caused by the devil. And he knows he don't have much longer and I honestly believe he don't. I honestly believe God could come back. Well, he could. He could come back at any moment. But we just don't know when he's coming back. Only thing we can do is be ready. In Jimmy's service, that's one thing I did say. And I, think, and I told the crowd, the people, he had a beautiful service, that uh, <clears throat> be ready. 
See, Jimmy and them were ready. They had no idea that was going to be their last night on this earth. But their heart was ready. They were prepared. We don't know when our last time is. We don't know when our last day is. The only thing we can do is be prepared to go when the time comes. Jimmy, his dad, they were prepared. You know, it says that we have an appointed time with God. Who knew that Jimmy and his dad's appointed time was at the same time? But they went together. But you know, we know where Jimmy's at. And one thing I do want to say that what I, where Tommy come up here, we are taking up, we, last Sunday we took up a love offering for Becky to help with some of the things that have taken place and gone on. And uh, I said, I want to do it two Sundays. Because that first Sunday, you might not have been prepared. You might not have had a checkbook. You might not have had any extra money on your pocket, in your pocket to, to give. But if you can, there's an orange bucket back here by where the church offering is. If you can put anything in it, if you want to, if you're going to make out a check, if you want to, make it out to the church. And we'll just write one check out to Becky from the church. So if you feel like that you would like to make an offering and, 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 and give, there's still expenses and things going on. And uh, so if we can, we'd like to try to help her. So, but it's an orange bucket back here. It was a youth bucket. If you got anything, just drop it in that bucket and we'll get it to her this evening after church when we, take it, when we uh, count up the offering and we'll see what, what you got for her. But uh, like I said today, my sermon is give your battles to the Lord. How many of you have had battles going on in your life and you think that you can take care of it? And you get on into this battle and everything, you find out it's a whole lot more than what you thought it was going to be. A whole lot harder than you thought. I'm going to come out of the Old Testament with this and I'm going to look over here at 2 Chronicles. There was a king named Jehoshaphat. Now this was a godly king. You know, there wasn't too many godly kings back in the Old Testament. But Jehoshaphat was a godly king. He listened to the Lord. And during his reign, there were several countries or nations that were going to come against Judah. Judah is a, is a nation, and, and Jerusalem is part of that nation. So they was coming against all of, all of Israel and Jerusalem to try to conquer them. Uh, he said that these armies were going to come to invade Judah. It was the Moabites, the Ammonites, and the Syrians. Three different countries coming against one small little nation. King Jehoshaphat knew he was greatly outnumbered. So he called for all of his people. And I think this is a good thing too sometimes when we put up a prayer request. He said that they fasted and they prayed. How many of you have ever really needed to come before God and you did a fast? Most of us don't do it. We don't think about it. We don't like to think about doing without food, do we? But that is something you're showing God. God, I'm going to do without this to show you I love you. He hears the prayer a lot better. We went on a fast one time, and I think it lasted about a month. There were certain foods that we said and cannot, will not eat. And it was, some of that stuff was my favorite. But I wanted to honor God. And then these things that God did, 
in our lives after that praying and that fasting, it would do you all good to just try this. When you really got something coming against you to pray and fast. That's what Jehoshaphat did. He called his nation together to pray and fast and to seek guidance from God. I'm going to, my first scripture here is going to be out of 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 12. This is what Jehoshaphat is saying to God as he's praying to him. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? Will you not judge these countries right now and come against them? For we have no might. We have no power against this great army that comes against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. They say, hey, God, we, this is such a great power. Can you imagine three nations coming against us? There was probably hundreds and thousands, maybe millions of soldiers coming against this little town of Jerusalem. I mean, and, and Judah, the, that, that, that area. And they did not have the manpower to fight this battle. And, and uh, <clears throat> King Josephat knew this. So he said, Lord, I don't know what to do. So I'm just putting this whole matter into your hands. How many of us have done that? We should do it. Lord, I don't know what to do. It is so great of a battle that I'm going through, I don't know how to do it. I don't know what to do. So I'm just putting it in your hands. I read in your word where you said that the battle belonged to you because I am your child, that you're watching over me, and that you've got my back. He knew he needed to come up with a plan. He needed to do something. He was the appointed leader and was responsible for all these people's safety. What did he do? He really came up with the only plan that he could. The only plan that, would, that he knew would work. Jehoshaphat's plan was to place the entire fate of the nation of Judah into the hands of God. He said, God, I have no power. We're not strong enough to come against these three nations. We do not have the manpower. I am putting it in your hands. Our fate is in your hands. And we are trusting in you. You know, in this world today, many people would see this like a, well, like a sign of weakness on our part. Well, what? You can't take up for yourself? You have to go do this? You have to go there? You've got to call up on this so-called God you got? They look at it as a weakness. But you know, sometimes it takes a lot of strength in the humans to come up with that notion that I cannot do this alone. I need God. And you turn it over to God, you know. Sometimes it takes great strength to recognize that we're just a man. We're just a person. And we have no power like God to come against the problems that we're coming against. And, it took, you know, it takes even greater strength sometimes to know where to turn and who to trust. Many times, let me ask you a question. You probably do it. I've done it. You've got this problem. Instead of me going right straight to God with this problem, I called two or three people, asked them what their opinion was. Of course, they had no idea. So I should have done what I, what I knew I needed to do in the first place, and that would just go right straight and take it to God. 
That's what we need to do when we have things coming against us is go totally, straight, directly to God. Give Him the problem. He already knows what it is, but He wants us to come. You know, in the Bible it says, for we are God's children. He is our Heavenly Father. It's just, it's just like Mark sitting here with Cash. Cash needed something. He was in a, a, a situation. He needed help. He knows he could go to his daddy, and his daddy would help him. We ought to have that same feeling. When we get into problems and we get into situations, we know we can go to Almighty God and He's going to help His children. He's got the ability. He's got all the resources. You know, all God has to do is speak the Word. He just has to speak a word. And He can take care of your problems. Here... God answered Jehoshaphat's prayer. But he, he answered it through a man named Jehaziel. Jehaziel. He was a, a Levite. He was The Levites, if y'all remember back in the Old Testament, were priests. But God spoke to Jehaziel. And here in 2 Chronicles, chapter 20, verses 14 and 15. Now this first... Scripture, or 14 here, it's not going to match up exactly with what you're going to see on the board. I kind of made it a little easier here because of all the names and all that. But it says, Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, and he says, Listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. He's preparing to say, Listen up. This is a word from the Lord. This is what the Lord is telling you right now. So listen closely to what I'm saying to you. And then here in verse 15 it says, Hearken you all of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat. He says, listen, hearken. Pay close attention to what I'm saying. It's not just listen, but pay close attention. Listen to me and get it done your spirit into your heart so that you will know what God is saying. This says the Lord unto you, be not afraid, be, be not dismayed, don't be worried, don't fret because of this great multitude that's coming against you. For the battle is not yours, but God's. God is telling them, hey, don't worry, don't be discouraged, don't get all upset. This battle is not yours. It's mine. I chose you. God chose you. He's watching over you. He chose you. You chose Him. You asked Him to come into your life to be your Lord and to be your Savior, to be here as Heavenly Father. You chose God, and God accepted that challenge. I bet, I bet some, He looks down here and says, Man, what did I get into? He has chosen you to be his children. You just didn't happen to drop by and say, well, I think I'll just go to church. You know, everybody's here for a reason because God's got a word for you. And we need to listen up. You need to listen up to what God is saying because if you're not doing it right now, you will. You will have things that will come against you because Satan is on a rampage out there. And he's not going to show mercy to any of God's children or to any that happens on earth. 
Knowing that God said to his people, the battle belongs to him. This should be a comfort to us. Knowing that we are God's children. He's saying, this battle is not yours, but it belongs to me because they are coming against you, my child. They are trying to do you harm, and I am watching over you. You know, sometimes we'll face things much bigger and scarier than anything we can handle. Sometimes these things just come against us. You know, but God said, the battle is mine. You don't have to worry about this. I will take care of it. But I want you to notice something. God didn't tell Jehoshaphat, okay, Jehoshaphat, you just go sit in your tent and I'll take care of everything. No. We also have to do something. God gave Jehoshaphat specific instructions of what he had to do. To go out with confidence and courage and stand before the enemy. When they went out to stand before the enemy, they did not have weapons. Oh, they had a weapon. They had God. And it says when they marched out, that Jehoshaphat picked out praisers to lead the people to the site which God told them to go to. As they marched and went to where God told them to go, all these praisers were out in front of the whole group praising God on the way to a battle, and they had no weapons. They said, no, the battle's not ours. The battle is God's. As they walked, as they praised God, you know what they were doing? They were already showing their faith in God. They was already proclaiming victory before they ever saw it. They was already victorious when they marched out. They already had the victory. They were praising and singing God. They were worshiping God on the way to the battle, knowing that they weren't even going to have to battle. But they were showing God too. God, we trust in you. We're praising you. We're thanking you right now for the victory that we have already won. Sometimes we got to do that. we got to thank God and praise him before we even see the victory. We know it's coming because we have the promise of Almighty God. You are more than conquerors. Isn't that what he said? We are more than conquerors. We are a victorious people through Jesus Christ. We already have the victory. He won the victory for us on the cross. Satan's already defeated. And many of us don't realize that. He can come against us. He can do things. But you know, God has the final say as to what Satan can do. God has the final say. We're already victorious. When we accepted Jesus Christ and we were covered with his blood, that blood washed us clean. It freed us. It gave us victory. Whenever problems come against us, claim the blood of Christ. I am already victorious through God, through the blood of Jesus. I am already have the victory over whatever it is coming against you. Talk to that problem. Matter of fact, don't tell God how big your problem is. Tell your problem how big God is. Sometimes you want to dwell on that problem. Oh, God, look at this. Oh, woe is me. Instead of saying, God, I thank you right now that you've done taking care of this. I thank you right now. You've done taking care of it. 
through your shed blood on that cross. You know, <clears throat> here in 2 Chronicles 20:16 that I was fixing to read, it says, Tomorrow, march down against them, the enemy. He's telling, he's telling Judah to march down against the enemy. But then he said, But you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions. Stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Watch what I do to this enemy that is coming against you. They were going to witness God's power. They were going to witness God's love. They were going to witness God caring about them and what they were going through. They were going to see three different nations defeated right before their eyes. We need to realize how much power God has, and He will use it. Then He goes on and says, Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Notice I said He didn't tell Jehoshaphat, Go sit in your tent while I take care of this. He says, No. You march out, you stand, you witness, you know what I'm going to do. You're going to see it before your eyes. You are going to know that I'm with you wherever you go, whatever you do. I am there. You know, when it, it's kind of like that. When God is with you, it doesn't matter who comes against you. What comes against you? Because you're already victorious through Jesus. You know, in your case, just like Judah here, the battle was already won before it ever started. You've already won the battle before it ever gets to you. But you've got to have faith in knowing that your Heavenly Father is with you. He's walking with you. He says the battle is mine. How many of us give God the battle? Most of us won't try to handle it ourselves. We end up falling on our face usually and then we go crying, begging, and hollering, and pleading, oh God, when he was right there to start out with. We can be sure that in our life we're going to have battles. We are going to have battles because we've got an enemy out there that's going to bring them to us. Some of you are facing battles right now in your life. And if you be honest, you'll admit that to yourself. I'm facing a battle right now. Bill, I know what you're talking about. You don't know what I'm going against. No, I don't know what you're going against, but I can tell you there's a God in heaven that loves you and he wants to take care of it. But some of you too would be surprised what I know about you. Sometimes God tells me about you. But he also says how much he loves you. To pray for you. To bring that battle before him. He wants to take it. He wants us to trust in him. To bring our battles, our problems, our cares, our worries, our burdens. He wants us to bring those to him. He says, hey, I can handle it. My shoulders are broad. I can take care of it. I always like this little saying. He says, sometimes, you know, we, want to, we give the problem to God, then it's like we run behind him trying to take it back from him. 
That's almost like setting your garbage out in the can than chasing the garbage truck to get your garbage back. No, when you give it to God, let him have it. You don't need that garbage. Let him take it to the dump and let him get rid of it. When we finally realize, and this is one of, the, this is one of our main problems, when we finally realize we've exhausted our strength in doing what we can, we say, well, God, I've done all I can. I guess I'm going to have to give it to you. I just say, God, well, it's about time. We could have been through with this. But we want to hold on to it. We think that we have to handle it. I have given so much stuff to God, I know he gets tired of me coming to him. Not really. He wants me to come to him. I spend a lot of time downstairs in my office praying, speaking to God, talking with him, Having a relationship, you know, that is it, that is it. Having a relationship with God is what it's all about. It's not about religion. It's about having a relationship. It's about having a love for God, knowing that He loves me. He loves me. I don't know why, but He does. I know He loves me more than Linda does. She tells me I'm a pain. He says I'm a blessing. She t- <laughs> so, you know, it's just... But God loves us. He wants us to be healthy, wealthy and wise. Wealthy is not like... He wants you to help me get your finances and your needs met, but being wealthy is not always about money. Amen. To be really wealthy to have God in your life to have people in your life that love you that you know that's going to be there for you just like I know God's going to be there whatever comes up whatever happens I know that God is going to be there we should all have that feeling God I don't know what's going to happen I don't know what's, what's coming up but I do know one thing you're already there it's kind of like Daniel, whenever he was uh, thrown into that lion's den. You know, they, they, they'd probably, those lions had probably been without food for several days, knowing they are going to throw Daniel in there. Boy, these lions will devour old Daniel. But Daniel's faith was in God. God closed the lion's mouth. God can stop the enemy from coming against you. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, when they throw them in the fiery furnace. God didn't show up later. He was already in there waiting on them. The Shekinah, glory of God, surrounded that room and kept the fire away from them. That fire could not go through the glory of God. I don't know if any of you all ever heard that, sh- that uh, word or not. The Shekinah, glory of God. The great glory of God. He put that around those Hebrew children. The fire could not get in there. When the king looked in that little door there, he said, Whoa, did we not throw three in the fire? 
but I see four. And one of them looks like the Son of God. God had to reveal that because he had no idea what the Son of God looked like. That changed that king. He talked to him. You know, he had set up a statue out in the desert. Ninety foot tall. And he wanted everybody to fall down and worship that God. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego would not do it. They learned as children. You shall have no other gods before you. Parents told them right. That's just speaking volumes to us that we need to teach our children the ways of God. Teach them His love. Get them prepared. We don't know what's going to be heading ahead of us here or coming up. As bad as it is now, I got a feeling it's just going to get maybe a little worse. Maybe a lot. But if you've got God in your life, it don't matter what happens. The battle is His. He'll take care of you. You know, turning to God in faith and trusting Him to walk with you every step you take is when your victory takes place. Trusting in Him, praising Him, honoring Him, letting Him know, God, I trust in You. I trust in You, God. I'm counting on You. That's when God hears your prayers. There's a a scripture I want to read. Now, every one of you have heard it. It's Proverbs 3, 5 through 7. I threw 7 in at no cost. It says, in verse 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not to your own understanding, or how you see things, or how you've got it figured out. But in all ways, acknowledge Him. Acknowledge Him. And He shall direct your paths. And this, verse 7, I threw it in because we need to pay attention to this. Be not wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord. Respect the Lord. Hold Him in reverence. Lift Him up above all other things. And depart from evil. Depart from evil. We must depart from evil. Confess your sins. Get rid of them. So that God can work in your life. And do what you need to get done. And when we do these kind of things, like trusting God, believing Him, then God will tell us where to march and where to stand to meet the enemy. And we don't even have to. We're going to get to see how God is going to handle the enemy. Like I said, there's many of us in here right now, you're going through a battle. It may not be a battle, life and death, but it's a battle of how you're going to survive, what's going on in your life, what the world is trying to do to come against you. Maybe it's a sickness. Maybe it's depression. Be any number of things that the enemy has brought against you. Most of the time, the only solution to these kind of problems is God. You can take medication and all of that, 
Really, some of this medication might slow it down, but it doesn't heal it. It doesn't heal what you're going through. It just slows it down. But God can take it completely away. Do away with it. I've had God take things away from me that I suffered with and hurt. But he simply removed it. You know, sometimes God lets us suffer for a little bit and go through some things. For a reason. Why did he let excuse me, Paul go through what he did? Paul claimed that he had a thorn in his side. He asked God to remove it, and God wouldn't remove it. Paul, he had a, had, had a, I guess, a lot, I'm just going to put it, he had a lot of pull with God. He could pray and all this, and God would listen to him. But he still had this thing going on. His I think whenever Paul might have got a little big-headed, tried to do things that on his own instead of going to God, that thorn flared up. God said, hey, You're not that big. You're not that big. You come to me. You don't try to take these things into your own hands. That's what we need to do. When we've got these problems coming against us, we need to come to God, give it to Him. And sometimes, we, we want, like I said a while ago, we want to do it ourselves. Sometimes we don't have the strength to do it ourselves. We're only human. We're only human. We're just flesh. And most of the time, that flesh is what gets us in trouble. That's what gets us in trouble. We just need to trust in God, boldly come before God, trust in Him. Father, Lord, each and every day, I mean, when you get up in the mornings or whenever, sometime that day, you need to pick up your Bible. Sit down. Take a few minutes. Read Scripture. See what God is saying. A lot of times God will speak to you about something you're going through through that scripture. But we need to get into God's word and we need to see what God's got ahead of us and what he wants for us to do. You know, every day you need to refuse to become discouraged when you look at things in the world today. When you turn on the news, it will bring discouragement to you. Seeing what's going on in this world. Right then, Lord, you're in control. You're in charge. Lord, we put this Christian nation in your hands. You know, there's a church right now out in California. There's a pastor out there named John MacArthur. They're trying to close his church down, that governor of California. Telling him, you can't go in that church, you can't sing, you can't have music, you can't do nothing. We're going to close this. He's trying to use this virus. So far, they have totally come against this governor. Now, I noticed the other day, the governor says he's got something new going, that if they go to church, he's going to come in there, they're going to arrest them, put you in jail, and the fine is going to be $1,000 a day. We need to hold this church up in prayer. We need to turn, say, God, this is your battle. This is your house. These are your people. We need you to come against, what is it, Newsom? Is that his name? 
the governor of California, well, he's kin to Nancy Pelosi. They're all in the same. To close down the churches, to take God out of everything that there is. They're the ones that's all for this abortion. I mean, aborting your, the baby right up to the time of birth. And there was a deal where, where Nancy said, we are doing the Lord's work. I don't think that's the Lord's work. We have to straighten this country back out in the way you're going to do it. And I'm not a politician or nothing, but you need to go vote. Don't say, well, somebody else will do it. No. You go and you vote. I don't care who you vote for. You vote your heart. But vote. I get so tired of hearing people, well, this and that and that. And I don't know why that happened. It shouldn't have ever happened. You ask them, well, did you vote? Well, no, I didn't go in. Shut up. If you don't vote, you don't have a say. If you don't vote, don't even think about it. You need to vote. Let's get this nation, one nation under God. Did you notice in the Democratic Party they, 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 they said that, but they left out under God? They said that place, but they left out the words, under God. Like I said, they're trying to remove God from everything. These people, when it's time, I don't know, this may be God's plan. It may be this time for him to come back. We don't know. But we still can pray for God to come in and turn this nation back to Him like it used to be. At one time, we was a very godly Christian nation. We need to get back to that point in our life. We need to bring God back into this. Some churches, God's not even mentioned anymore. It's the work of the devil. Woe unto you inhabitants of the earth for what is coming. That's in Revelations. Look in the 12th chapter. Read that war in heaven about when God kicks Satan out of heaven. We have to put God in total control and say, yes, God, the battles are yours. I'm going to ask the, the band to come up. If you're here today, you've got a battle going on in your life and you need to give it to God. If you'd like to come up to this altar, please come up to this altar. Kneel before God and give Him your battles. If you've got something you're sickness or, a, or something you just want to pray about, I'm going to be down front. I'll be glad to anoint you with oil and I'll be glad to pray over you. God wants, and I want him to, I want that Holy Spirit to walk up and down these aisles. I want the Holy Spirit to be totally in charge of this church. I want the Holy Spirit to tell me what he wants me to do. I don't want to tell the Holy Spirit what I want him to do. I want him to be the head of this church, to run this church, to up and down the aisles. I want him to speak to you I want him to open up your hearts to receive what he has for you. We need to get that Holy Spirit back into our churches.
and he's put him back in charge. So if you're here today and you need for God to do something in your life, we got an altar. If you've got something going on that you would like to have me pray over, I'll anoint you with oil and we'll pray over it. I don't take any credit for anything God does. God does what you need done. I can pray. You can pray. But I know that when you come to God with prayer and insincerity, He will hear you. The prayers of a righteous man availeth much. When you come to God and your heart is righteous, your prayers, He hears. He hears. So if you're here today and you need something, please come down. Right after this over, I'm going to say a prayer, then we're all going to go out and eat lunch.